Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, and I'm doing a nice little solo episode on some USFL offseason coverage. I'm referring to uh, league news, player signings, re-signings, free agency signings for not only USFL clubs, but for the NFL clubs that are uh, taking a look at some of these prospects and players from this league that were getting workouts and, and, and stuff of that nature. Um, but th- this was a busy day for the USFL um, in general. Nothing but good publicity in my personal opinion. Um, since last episode, we've had some recent news, nothing of, of late on the Dion Kane uh, team or contract information, but we did have a another player signed, Austin Watkins, wide receiver for the Stallions, former wide receiver for the Stallions, was signed by the Cleveland Browns. So that's a really cool um, accomplishment for him, obviously, but he was also the third uh, Birmingham Stallions player to be called up to the NFL. Um and another kind of former stallion, if you will, um, Victor Bolden Jr., uh, 2022 championship MVP uh, game uh, accolade award winner. Uh, he got a workout with the Cardinals, um, which was good. And then I also notated that he did t- later, uh, earlier today, he got a workout with the Bears. So didn't get signed to the Cardinals, but did get that workout, got a workout with the Bears today, 7-24-2023. Um, but that's good for him that he's still in the NFL getting, you know, still getting some solid looks, um, as well as some other recent news, uh, for the league in general. Uh, the Memphis Showboats have confirmed that they will be playing in Simone's Liberty Bank Stadium through the 2025 season. So that confirms two more seasons, not only for the USFL, but for the Memphis Showboats. So I thought that was pretty cool for anyone that's living in Memphis or Tennessee. You have a USFL squad and club to root for. They weren't too bad last season, and they got a lot to build on, um, but really good for them. Um, Woody Brandom, the New Jersey Generals tight end, uh, re-signed with the team as well. He's a third-year player. Good to see that. Um, The Stallions, the Birmingham Stallions, also re-signed safety JoJo Tillery, third-year player as well. Really hard-hitting safety, kind of a ball hawk of the league, if you will. Um, another signing for the USFL to the NFL was tight end Jace Sternberger of the Birmingham Stallions. Got work. He had a workout with the Buffalo Bills today, and he got signed today. So uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Well, actually, excuse me, he had a workout on the 23rd, which was yesterday, and he uh, con- confirmed was signed today to the Buffalo Bills. So that's pretty cool. Don't know how much playing time he'll get because that is a stacked tight end room, but nothing but experience for him, so that's really good for him. Awesome. Shout out to Jay Sternberger. Had a great season in the USFL, and I'll expect him to do something in the NFL. The Stars, the Philadelphia Stars, excuse me, they released defensive tackle Chris Nelson. Um, not, you know, not all good news on most of these fronts, but uh, there was a release player. Um, and then linebacker Frank Ginda, linebacker Keava Tizino, and defensive lineman Levi Bell all had a workout with the Seattle Seahawks um, today as well. And then another recent signing, uh, wide receiver Davion Davis was signed with the Arizona Cardinals today after his workout, so that's very impressive for him. And just overall, you see that the Birmingham Stallions continue to put guys in the NFL, and it just shows the level of coaching that Skip Holtz and that club um, has held their standard to, and it shows wonders for their players, and they're able to prosper and develop and get better at their game, and uh, you see more often than not any USFL player that's going to be signed, it's most likely going to be off the Birmingham Stallions Club. 
Um, but, I mean, we have a lot to move into with the workouts for today. Then I kind of want to circle back into that Memphis Showboats um, news for the league. I wish I kind of saved that for the end. But, um, you know, before we touch up on the large uh, list of other workouts for USFL players, I want to just briefly discuss on the Memphis Showboats confirmation that they're going to be playing in Simone's Liberty Bank not only through 2024, but through 2025. So they did really well in their debut season. Uh, whenever there was a Memphis game on and they were at home, always a solid crowd. Like, it was almost that Birmingham atmosphere in Memphis. And it just shows you that in the South, these alternative semi-pro leagues can work. The, the, there's so much football fandom down here in the South that, you know, there's not enough NFL teams or college teams to, to give enough people enough of that, you know, football fix, if you will. And I just think that's a really big notation for the league at this point, um, locking up some of these cities and maybe some long-term deals or maybe legitimately just building up those chemistries and relationships with these cities so that they can, you know, keep these teams there and, and maybe get teams in there down the line because people in other cities um, that, you know, don't have their team there yet, they're going to be looking at Memphis and Birmingham and um, Detroit and they're going to be like, damn, people are showing up and having a good time. Their kids are having a good time. The mascots are cool. It's a fun environment. It's a family-friendly environment with good football, you know, and that's what they can build upon. And I think this um, – kind of solidifies that a little bit. I think above other leagues, they're getting long-term deals with these cities, and I haven't heard any kind of news on that nature with the XFL, so I don't know how that's going to go. But I just think that that was a big piece of news that I didn't want to get... I didn't want to let that get brushed under the bus, if you know what I'm saying. Like I think that that's a very critical thing to notate about the longevity of this league, the survivability of this league, and I think it's a big key to, I guess, just overall success is building these relationships business-like and, I guess, in in these communities, you have to have a good turnout. Um, or otherwise, they chose the wrong locations to try and house these teams. But um, it's really good for the Memphis Showboats. I really like that club. I really like that team. I think they're going to be really good next year as well. They might be a contender if Skip Holtz gets called up to college or NFL um, I think any Southern team can take a championship home next year, but I'm still going to be favoring the Stallions. They have a chance to go and three-peat it, and spring football-wise, I don't think there's anything else that's ever been done like that, so shout-out to the Birmingham Stallions for even getting two in a row, and they're bringing back and elevating so many of their players. It's just that's a team that you want to continue to follow and root for because of the, just the value of the team, just not only to the USFL, but to the game of football. Because we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys that really showed out for them on NFL clubs and NFL fields this fall. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that it's going so well so far. Um, but moving on to a larger list of workouts for today, uh, July 24th, 2023. Um, BJ Bellow had a workout with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Victor Bolden Jr., as I said, the 2022 championship game MVP had a workout with the Bears today. Wide receiver Trey Quinn had a workout with the Bears, Chicago Bears today. Isaiah Zuber had a workout with the Chicago Bears today as well. Um, both of those guys are shifty, slot receivers, really sure-handed, 
really love their craft. I, I, I've always been rooting for Isaiah Zuber. And if he doesn't you know, get a call up as he deserves, same with Trey Quinn. I hope both of those guys come back to the USFL. And Victor Bolden, you know, I, I, I didn't have the podcast going when he was playing in Season 1, but he was a really electric player. Really fun to watch if Cavante Turpin wasn't in the USFL in Season 1. Victor Bolden, Victor Bolden Jr. would have won the MVP that year and probably got some more notoriety, um, or at least the same amount as Cavante Turpin, because Victor Bolden Jr. was very electric, quick feet, acceleration was there, sure-handed, and a playmaker on that offensive side of the ball, and a really good special teams player as well. Um, Lee Morris had a workout with the Seattle Seahawks. Had a really good season with the Breakers. Um, Shocking he's getting a workout over Jonathan Adams or Johnny Dixon, but still props to Lee Morris. He had a really good two-touchdown game earlier on in the uh, season, but he did have a good quarterback throwing in the ball. So... Um, the next workout uh, listed here was Mark Gilbert uh, to the Denver Broncos, probably the best cornerback in the second USFL season. Um, he had a really good games. He had game-deciding picks all over the field, really good in man coverage, has the NFL body, and him going to Sean Payton to check him out, I, I think that's a, good, that's a good fit for him if he is able to get into the NFL. Um, and I think he deserves to be after last season. And then Justin Hall, who was a guy I loved watching in the USFL. Small, but really shifty and incredibly strong. Hard to tackle, quick feet, great route running. Um, an overachiever, might try and do too much, but was genuinely probably the best player on that Houston Gamblers offense if Mark Thompson wasn't on the field. Caden um, Davis, wide receiver, uh, got... His contract with the USFL uh, with the Michigan Panthers was terminated and his workout was with the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm not really going to say I'm speculating when I say this. He got signed to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Really good for him. Uh, He he was very good for them on special teams. He's got got speed. He really does. Um, And he has pretty good hands. They just didn't utilize him enough in the offense in my personal opinion. But... Special teams-wise, you saw that he did play at a different speed, um, so that's good for Caden Davis because I really did want to see more out of him this year, but he was really good on special teams, and I guess um, the Arizona Cardinals really saw what they needed to there. And then Jordan Ober got a workout with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Breland Speaks got a workout with the Houston Texans, and that'd be really cool to see him get you know get a call up there because D'Amico Ryan is that kind of head coach, and I feel like Breland Speaks would fit well in that defense if they needed to use him. And I think he could still be utilized as an edge rusher or at least like a, you know, like a some kind of extra pressure guy, like a special bliss package you could use Breland Speaks for. Because I don't know if he has the motor to play full games like that or be like a consistent starter, but I know that he does have good power moves and he's really good off the line. Still has his speed and his veracity, but one thing that he is lacking and my personal opinion is I think he needs to maybe try and get a little more muscle mass on there. But other than that, I think he is fully capable of playing that position, at least at the level he was in the USFL. And if you play at that level in the NFL, you know, you'll be a, you know, a rotational guy at best. But I think Breland Speaks could still return to a somewhat decent form. And, um, you know, maybe start one day in the NFL. I, I, would really, I would like to see that. He did really good 
um, with, I think, nine sacks in ten games in the USFL. Um, he was a really good playmaker for that Michigan Panthers defense uh, all over the field in some games, but then some games he'd disappear. I mean, he started off on a great hot streak, like three sacks in two games, and then it just kind of started getting colder and colder and colder throughout the season for him. So one thing I will say is probably just staying in shape is one thing that he's got to really try and get on top of, and I'm not even trying to be rude when I say that. I, I'm obviously no professional athlete. This guy would fucking just destroy me in pads. Um, but just from what I've seen, I think he has that capability and all the measurables. But if he was just to gain a little more power and a little more stamina overall, just so he has, I guess the better word is endurance. You know, just do a little more, you know, I guess cardio training to take on longevities of, of, of the game, of the overall game clock. You know, you want to be able to play the, the whole, I guess what you would say, 60 minutes, but football games aren't 60 minutes. They're much longer than that most of the time. Um, but if he's able to do that, I mean, the one thing I can just safely say is he's aged a little bit, you know, and that's a shame, but that's just what happens sometimes. But um, another player that was... Um, Worked out, I guess you can say, Shane Griffin uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, and then Ryan Langan to the Baltimore Ravens, who's a long snapper, pretty good for the Birmingham Stallions. They always have had a good special teams unit. Um, and then Khalil Davis had a workout with the Patriots and Panthers today. So those are some, um, that's a nice little list there of players that got a nice nice little bit of spotlight today. And shout out to those guys. Hopefully most of them will get signed. I know that sadly won't be the case, but to see Caden Davis getting signed, um, to see Davion Davis getting signed, to see Austin Watkins getting signed, to seeing um, Jay Sternberger getting signed. There's a lot of really big news when it comes to straight up signings. And then obviously the workouts are, are nice little you know sprinkles on top of the whipped cream on on the Sunday if you will because a lot of these guys you know they are I think they are actually getting paid for for the workout you know they get flown out there and stuff like that but at the same time I'm glad that they're getting this workout tape out there getting to know some of these coaches grow their career opportunities and maybe just overall get better as a player and um, I just think it's huge news. Um, for the league that it's still being able to consistently pump out NFL talent and revamp it because it was always there. Um, And and I just really appreciate that about the USFL. Um, But again, shout out to Gridiron USFL. Shout out to um, Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Both, Both of those accounts on Twitter are always on top of it. They don't miss a beat. And as well as shout out to Luke, um, MC McLuke Miller, because, you know, Mc, McGoo, if you will, McGoo, McGoat. But Stallions have lost three starting wide receivers to the NFL. Wide receivers on the on the roster consist of Marlon Williams after his re-signing, Adrian Hardy, Myron Mitchell, Josh Johnson, Michael uh, Darus, and Peyton Ramsey. So really cool to see them still have really good talent. And then they also still have... Um, their tight end wide receiver hybrid, LaMichael Petway, who was primarily used as a wide receiver in 2023, but he was a really good weapon for them. But it, they still just have so much talent on that team, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're dethroned eventually going into Season 3, but I just don't see it. Um, and, and the reason why I'm talking about the Birmingham Stallions this much is because out of all these players um, that have been signed to the NFL, I mean, most of them 
over 80% has, got, has come out of the Birmingham Stallions club. So it just shows you that the Birmingham Stallions know how to utilize their pieces and their players and put them in the best possible positions to succeed. I mean, look at it. Alex Magoo, Jay Sternberger, Austin Watkins, Davion Davis, Brandon Aubrey. That's five right there. The other one's signed. Josh Peterson. Oh, excuse me. Deion Kane is the sixth. Six players from the Birmingham Stallions team have been signed to the NFL. The only others, Josh Peterson, and I believe that's it. Oh my goodness, is that it? I mean, am I, I feel like I'm drawing a blank here. I'm definitely drawing a blank on a player that's been signed. Josh Peterson. No, that's it. I mean, wow. I mean, I'm going to go over my notes real fast here and just double-check that statement. Yeah, Austin Watkins. The rest have just been workouts. Bear with me. Just looking through here. Deion King. Yeah, Alex Magoo. Damn. That's so crazy that it's just kind of been that. I mean... Wow, crazy. But it just shows you that the not it's not just a talent differential in my opinion with the Birmingham Stallions and what they've acquired, but I think it's a coaching, you know, a management success. I think overall that that's the best club in the USFL, probably the best club in alternative spring football history um to this point. Uh, I can safely say unless the maybe, you know, maybe FCF has a insane contender at some point, I don't know, or the AFL if someone scores 125 points in a game. Um, but no, just in general though, I mean, there's been a lot of really big news coming out of the USFL as of late with some of these signings, player acquisitions and re-signings really good to see some of these players still coming back to these really good teams as well. Like Jojo Tillery, I talked about him. He's been a really good safety for them for two seasons and now he's coming back on a new contract. So that's probably one to two years. And obviously he can opt out if he gets signed to an NFL team. But, I mean, it's just good to see these guys still building their legacy and continuing to grow and develop as players in a league that, you know, a lot of people are going to sit here and say, oh, it's not as good as the NFL, but it's not supposed to be. It's a stepping ladder for guys and uh, and coaches to get up to that next level and also, you know what, maybe step down onto that level if they need to. And, and that's just the crucial point of the USFL, and that's why I love it. And I think that if you are out there and if you're a football fan yourself, you should definitely be checking out the USFL, and make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads at Tea Time Reports. We have tons of alternative football news and stuff on there, and content you can immerse yourself in. Learn more about as well. You know, if you're a sports person, learn more about different athletes. You know, but just in general, uh, you know, kind of went over and touched base on everything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the Memphis Showboats confirmed through 2025 in Simone's Liberty Bank Stadium, which means they won't have to find a new stadium in Tennessee for at least two more years. And I, I'm sure if they continue up with that attendance and audience, um, that they're probably going to extend that. But um, I talked about Victor Bolden Jr. a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm glad that he's still in the league. I, I wish that some team would sign him already. And if not, the Stallions could use a wide receiver one. And he could look mighty good for that uh, that role if he is willing and able. Um, and then I, I didn't really talk, like, talk about uh, Woody Brandom, the tight end for the uh, New Jersey Generals. He's a third-year player, 
They re-signed him. Um, but I really like his game. He's a really good blocking tight end, really good run blocker, um, knows his assignment when it comes to, you know, creating a gap or not, or, you know, trying to chip or whatever he needs to do when it comes to the running assignment. Um, and obviously they have one of the best, if not the best rush attack in the USFL for two seasons in a row. The linemen, the O-linemen and the tight ends are responsible for that as well as the fullback. And obviously when you have a running back like Darius Victor and Trey Williams um, behind, running behind that line, it's dangerous. And, you know, Woody Brandon doesn't get a lot of, t- like, catches or touchdowns or anything like that. But I really think he plays an important role in that in that New Jersey offense. And I think it's crucial that uh, they brought him back because he's, he's a very large man. He's a very large tight end. You know, kind of a top-heavy, like, Rob Gronkowski looking fuck, but nowhere near as agile or as fast. Or, you know, the catching ability is lackluster. But I think that it's inc- incredibly important to see, you know, maybe not even some of the splash players come back, but guys that still do the job properly. They're good football players. They know their role. They're good role players. I think that's key to bring that talent back to be able to still have that base foundation of, like, standardized, like, like that's the base you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to create that and bring those guys back so that you don't have to worry about subpar tight end play, subpar running back play, because no one can fucking block. Uh, you you want to keep elevating every position across the board, no matter how utilized or not utilized it is in this league. And trust me, everything needs to be used in this league, and it is, you know, when it comes to uh, positions. I mean, everything in the playbook is from college to from high school to NFL, everything. It's all a mix. It's just a... It's a fun melting pot of just football. And that's why the USFL, in my opinion, is probably the better of all the spring leagues. And I don't think there's even a question behind it. Um, you, you genuinely sit there and try and defend that. I, I don't even take you seriously as a football fan, in my personal opinion. If you're going to sit there and say the, the XFL is better than you know the USFL in any way and when it comes to quality of play, We've had players sit there and say, hey, yeah, the, the game speed in the USFL is faster. There's more guys making plays. Uh, and then you've had people just shit on the XFL for 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 a load of reasons. And I'm not going to sit there and watch the FCF. I know what AFL is. Brett Deitch, shout out to him. He's not in it anymore, so I'm not watching it anymore. And, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, I don't know if the Storm are even in the AFL anymore, to tell you the truth. I don't think they are. But uh, no, shout out to, I guess, uh, Derek Brooks owning the Storm, Tampa Bay Storm for a little bit. But uh, getting back on topic real fast before I wrap this episode up, everyone. If you are, um, you know, into the USFL and if you're into like this kind of discussion, I am thinking about making a Discord server um, and kind of having like a, a chat per discussion. So we'll have like sports and we'll break down each sport like by league. So there could be different like sub conversations or like servers for each of that or kind of like not intelligent with Discord yet, but I'm going to learn and I do want to get like a little podcast Discord going. So if you want to interact with everyone, um, we'll all be quite active in that. But I just wanted to let everyone know um, if they are into any of these like topics like USFL, film, music, if you want to see a Discord or want to be a part of something like that, definitely um to direct message us or email us um, at tea time reports uh, 444 at yahoo.com is the email and then obviously I'm sure you know our social platforms by now but 
um, definitely check us out on there and give us any kind of ideas or suggestions or you know if you're if, if that's something that you would be willing to interact with definitely let us know for sure but this is Trevor and uh, this is Tea Time Reports as well so we're going to be signing off here thank you everyone for tuning into this USFL offseason coverage episode and I really appreciate all the support and you know just anyone listening and downloading following any anything like that it's greatly appreciated uh, over here at Tea Time so Hopefully everyone has a nice morning, day, afternoon, evening, night, whenever, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, All of us over here at Tea Time, we appreciate you and thanks for tuning in. Take care.